offering, physical offering that you want to give, you'll have an opportunity to do that as well. So welcome to week three of God and Film. And, uh, and so this week we're doing Free Guy. I don't know how many of you saw Free Guy. Free Guy is a mindless, silly movie. Right? It's not going to be. Remember last week with Coda? Like, I could hear all of you crying. Like, while I'm standing up here with the show in the scenes, you're like, hey, he's trying, he's beautiful. Um, so, uh, so it's, it's not going to be like that. All right? It's, it's like I said, it's a silly movie. But actually, what it, it, what it, what it did, though, is I watched it, I thought there's something, it, this illustrates something actually really deep. Illustrate something like, I think, you know, kind of, kind of intense. And so, but the funny thing, when I do God in film, you know, I'll watch a movie and I'll get an inkling of an idea of where I can go, but I really don't know if it's going to work until I actually do it. But I had, I had a thing like this, this week as I'm putting it together, I'm like, I, this really works. This really came together. Now you might feel different in about half an hour than I do right now, but 930 thought it worked. They, they thought it came together. But uh, so anyway, so this movie, uh, it tells the story of Guy. And Guy is a bank teller, but what Guy doesn't realize is that he is an NPC, which means a non-playing character in a multiplayer video game. And so think like, you know, uh, uh, he, he's like um, what, uh, Grand Theft Auto. I was trying to remember the name of that. You know, a game kind of like that. And, uh, and so you have the playing characters who are the gamers. They wear, they, the, the NPCs call them the sunglass people because they're wearing, you know, they're wearing these sunglasses. And so the players, just like in any video game, they spend their time creating havoc, you know. So, so it's like there's bazookas and there's shooting and there's people driving, running over people. And, and the bank that guy works at gets held up like four or five times a day. And this is just normal. This is their life. This is what they do. And, and so my main point from this movie, what this kind of stirred up in me that I want to kind of do a deep dive in, uh, is that we were made for more. That every single one of us, we were made for more. And so what happens with Guy is that he's living his non-playing character life, you know, his background life. And so all is good. He's got his goldfish that he sees every morning, and he's got, he goes and he gets the same. Everybody gets, they're all programmed, right? So they just get what, you know, what they're programmed to get. So he gets his, his coffee with cream and sugar every single morning, as everybody does, and he goes to his bank job, and his catchphrase is, don't have a good day, have a great day, and tells everybody this, and life is good. But then he meets someone, he meets this woman that he's seen, you know, a sunglass person that he's seen in this game, and he's kind of drawn to her, and so he meets her, and it turns out, he doesn't know this until later, she is his creator. So she has, he has an interaction with his creator, which all of a sudden makes him think, there's more. I was made for more. And so he becomes dissatisfied with his life and is just kind of starting to question everything. And then, and then what he does is he ends up being able to get hold of some sunglasses. And so then now he's able to see the world as it really is. And so this first scene that I'm going to show you, it's a couple things together. And so the first, the first part is the, actually the opening of the movie where Guy wakes up and he's happy and it's all good. And then he meets his creator. I don't show you that because I didn't really need to show you that. But then you'll see him wake up again and you see everything's, everything's different because now he's questioning things. Now he's like, wait a minute, what's going on? And then he gets a hold of some sunglasses and he's able to see the world that he's really living in. So let's check out this first clip. 
My name is Guy, and I live in paradise. Good morning, Colby. I've lived here in Free City my whole life. I've got a best friend, I've got a goldfish, and I work at the bank. What more could a guy want? Sunday should be warm and sunny, just a scattering of drive-bys. Great day for the beach, but not Hitman's Beach, which will be mined and sprayed with high-caliber fire from a renegade gunship stolen by a... And every morning, I start my day with the most delicious coffee in the whole wide whole world. Medium coffee, cream two sugars. You know it. Mmm. Mmm. That is unexpectedly hot. Thank you for making this with such love. You're welcome. Officer Johnny! Have a good one, guy. Don't have a good day. Have a great day. <laughs> good morning, Goldie. Medium coffee, cream two sugars. Medium coffee, cream two sugars. Actually, I think I'd like to try a cappuccino today. Ooh, cappuccino. I enjoy saying that. It's like a waterfall made of letters. Excuse me? I'd like to try a cappuccino. Please. But you get a medium coffee, cream, two sugars. That's what you get. That's what everyone gets. Every day, always. Well, I... Somebody's about to get shot. So, Johnny, I just thought I'd try something different today, you know? Whatever, right? Keeping you on your toes. Coffee, cream, two sugars, please. Uh, I'm joking. Oh, just keeping you on your toes. I'm kidding. Oh, you think I deprived myself of your baristic artistry? No way, no how. Mm. That's hot. Whew, it's like, uh, thank you so much, Officer Johnny. Have a good one, guy. Don't have a good day. Have a great day, I guess. Okay, good day to you. Everybody down on the ground! Nobody trying to be a hero. This will all be over soon. yesterday it didn't work it will never work she's wearing sunglasses we don't mess with the sunglasses people maybe i'll get some sunglasses in my own Quarterly reports on my desk by Friday.
All right. So, so he's living his mundane life. He's not questioning anything. He has an interaction with his creator, feels like there must be more, and then gets a pair of glasses that enables him to see what's really going on in the world. And so have you ever had a time in your life when you had a feeling that you were made for more? When you had a sense that, that there, there has to be more than what I'm experiencing right now. There's got to be more than just my mundane life. So maybe it was a time when, you know, uh, you went through a really hard time. And it was just a really difficult season in your life. And you just thought, man, this can't be all there is. There has to be more. This can't be, this can't be all that, that I'm going to experience. Maybe it was the opposite of that. Maybe you went through some great things, some wonderful experience. And then after that, you went back to your mundane life. And you were just like, I think, I, you know what? I'm not satisfied anymore with, with my normal life. I think there's got to be more. You know, there, what sociologists and psychologists and even business experts have said is that right now, post-pandemic, we're living in this like languishing time where people are just feeling kind of bored with their life and the things that they used to enjoy, they don't really enjoy anymore, just kind of trying to figure things out. And I think there's this almost this like collective feeling, this sense of there's got to be more. Now, Jesus, during his ministry, during his teaching ministry, he made this incredible statement. He stood up in front of everyone and he said this in John 10.10. And what he said is, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So what he did, is, like this is a very famous verse and you might know it in the King James where it says, I have come that they would have life and have it abundantly or have, it, have abundant life. And so this is where we get the phrase abundant life or the life of the ages. And what Jesus says is, I have come. Like the reason I came, what my mission is all about is so that they might have life. So who is the they that he's talking about? Who's the they that he's saying, I want you to have abundant life? It's his followers. It's you and me. See, Jesus is saying, the reason I did everything that I did, the reason I left the joys of heaven and emptied myself and laid aside the privileges of deity, the reason I was born in a humble manger, the reason that I allowed myself to experience hunger and being tired and betrayal and opposition and being misunderstood and being beaten and being ultimately hung on a cross and doing it, as it tells us in Hebrews, that for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. The reason I did all of that is so that you might experience life abundantly. So that you would experience abundant life. That's why Jesus did everything that he did. See, he came so that you could overcome your negative habits. Those things in your life that you do that you know really drag you down. So that you could overcome your negative thoughts. Some of you, maybe you have like clouds of depression or anxiety. or It's just like these negative thoughts that are these dark clouds kind of over your, your day. He came so that we could become emotionally healthy and whole, so that we could enjoy healthy relationships, so that we could see answers to prayer, so that we could live a life of confidence, knowing if God is for us, who can be against us? So we could live with a sense of purpose, so that you don't have to be afraid of death anymore. One of the things it talks about that Jesus did in his mission is he overcame death. He defeated death. So you don't have to, as we live this life, we don't have to live this life being afraid of death anymore. He came so that we could have abundant life. He came so that we could have more. 
But the reality is, is for a lot of followers of Jesus, we don't come into the more. We settle for less. And why is it that we settle for less in our life? And so that's what I want to kind of explore today, is how can we come into the abundant life that Jesus has for us? How can we come into the more? And so there's this, this famous passage of Scripture. It's called the Great Commission. And it's in Matthew chapter 28. And it's when Jesus, he, he was meeting with his disciples probably the last time before he ascended into heaven, before he left them. And he's getting them ready for their mission, for what it is that he's calling them to do. And he gives them this great commission. Now, I've preached on the great commission many times. And I'm sure if you've been around churches, you've heard it. But we always hear it as like, here's our job. Here's what we're called to do. Here's our commission. But I want us to look at it a little bit differently today. I want us to look at it as an invitation to come into the abundant life. That I think there are some things, if we will embrace what Jesus said in the great commission, that it'll, it'll open up the door for us to to come into the abundant life, the more life that Jesus has for us. So he said this in Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So how do we come into the more? Number one, we submit to the authority of Jesus, right? Jesus said, all authority is given to me. We submit to his authority. Now, that might sound a little intense to some of you, like submission. Like, what does that mean? Especially maybe if you come from an unhealthy marriage, maybe you had a husband who would say, submit woman, or like an unhealthy church situation where, where the leaders were always saying you had to submit, and you couldn't question, and you're kind of taking advantage of people. But, but let's give us another way to think about what Jesus means when he says to submit to his authority. I think what it means is that we listen to the voice of Jesus above every other voice in our life. That that's what it means to submit to his authority. That we receive the voice of Jesus. Because here's the thing. The voice of Jesus in your life is always going to be the voice of more. And I think one of the reasons we don't come into the fullness of life that God has for us, we don't come into the more, is we listen to the voices of less. Right? There's a lot of other voices that are out there. There's your own voice, you know, the negative kind of talk that swirls around in your head. There's the voice of other people who are saying, you can't do this, you can't, you know, come into this, don't, don't set your expectations too high. There's the voice of the devil who comes to rob, kill, and destroy. And then there's the voice of Jesus. And so if we're going to come into the fullness of life, we say, Jesus, I'm going to receive your voice. I'm going to come under the authority of what you say. And if we do that, what are some of the things that Jesus says about us? Well, well number one, Jesus says you are loved. Jesus says you are loved. John 15, 9 says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. Now just think about that for a minute. Jesus said, in the same way that the Father loves me, I have loved you. So how much love did the Father have for the Son? As Led Zeppelin would say, that's a whole lot of love, right? That's a lot of love. Those of you who are like children of the 70s, remember Led Zeppelin, okay. That's a whole, a whole lot of love. And so what Jesus says is you're to remain in that love. So we come under the authority of Jesus. You can live your life knowing that you're loved, 
knowing that you're loved. And, and so if there are times when you feel that God doesn't see you, that God doesn't love you, that God doesn't care for you, if there are times that it's hard for you to believe that you're listening to the voice of less, we submit ourselves to the authority of Jesus, we listen to the voice of more. If we listen to the voice of Jesus, the voice of more, you're going to know that you're chosen. John chapter 15, verse 16, Jesus said, you did not choose me, but I chose you. So it's always been a little theologically confusing. Is it like, is it free will? Is it predestination? I think the answer is yes, right? I mean, it's like, it's a mystery. We choose God, but God chooses us. And so listen, just want you to know that God, like the Bible says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. God knit you together in in your mother's womb. And all through your life, he has been wooing you. He has been pursuing you. He's been trying to reveal himself to you. You know, that moment that you had when you were sitting on a beach, maybe you lived a life, you didn't think about God all that much, and the sun was setting, and all of a sudden you realize, like, there has to be a God, and you feel something. See, that's, that's God choosing you. That's God wooing you. He's for you. And so when we listen to the voice of more, we listen to the voice of Jesus. We realize that we're loved. We realize that we're chosen. But something else that we realize is that we realize that we have a purpose. Because what Jesus said is, I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Right? I say it all the time. We're made on purpose for a purpose. And so you can, if you listen to the voice of more, you can know that you were made to bear fruit. Not just any kind of fruit, but fruit that will last. You were made. God wants to use you to make an eternal difference in the lives of people. Fruit that's going to last forever. See, you, you were made for so much more than just paying bills. You were made for so much more than just kind of drifting through life, right? You were made on purpose for a purpose. And when we listen to the voice of God, we understand when we submit to Jesus, we understand the other thing. There's so much that Jesus says. I just kind of chose the top four or what I kind of saw as the top four. We realize that, that we are forgiven. If you listen, if you submit to the authority of Jesus, you will live your life as a forgiven person. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Does anyone here this morning need to be purified from some unrighteousness? Has anyone in your life at some point or multiple points in your life, you've blown it and you need to be forgiven, you need to be purified? Anyone here this morning? All right, a few of you. This is a very holy section over here. But this side, you know, they're, they're, they're aware. They know they need some help. But you see, here's what happens, right? We blow it, and then we feel guilt. And so one of the things that keeps us from coming into the more is shame and guilt. Because what happens is, is like you ask God to forgive you, but maybe you don't feel forgiven, right? Or whatever it is that's making you not feel forgiven, that's the voice of less. It's not the voice of more. Or actually, I think what happens more often than not is that, you know, the Bible talks about the sin that so easily entangles us. That we all have, like, different sins that we struggle with. There's like two or three that we kind of come back to again and again and again. And how many of you have had times where you've asked God to forgive you, and you're just like, I can't have, He's not going to forgive me again. I mean, I just keep coming again and again and again and again, and He must be getting sick of it, and so I don't even, you know. But when we do that, we're listening to the voice of less. 
We're not listening to the voice of more because what the voice of more, what the voice of Jesus says is that I am going to forgive you. I am going to cleanse you. I am going to wash you. I'm going to make you clean, right? We submit ourselves to Jesus. We listen to his voice above every other voice and we, we live our life knowing that we're loved. We live our life knowing that we're chosen. We come into an eternal purpose and we know that no matter how we've messed up or whatever we've done, we are forgiven. We are washed. We are made whole, right? We submit to Jesus. The second thing that I see in the Great Commission is that we were made to participate in the mission of Jesus, We're made to participate in the mission. Matthew 28, verses 19 to 20 says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. So so if you're going to come into the more, you've got to start making disciples. And so you might say, well, wait a minute. Hold on, Phil. That's your job. Like, what do you, what do you mean? I gotta, do I got to go to seminary? What are you talking about? Listen, there's some people who engage in vocational ministry where well, that's kind of their full-time gig. But we're all called to ministry. And actually what my job is, according to Ephesians, isn't to do the ministry. It's to prepare you to do the ministry. And so you have a role. And so it says, go and make disciples. Let me give you another way to think about what it means to make disciples. Right? So we, so we listen to the voice of more. We receive the voice of more. And we realize as we submit to Jesus and receive the voice of more that we're loved, that we're chosen, that we have a purpose, that we're forgiven, that we have hope, I could go on. And so we receive the voice of more, and then we become the voice of more for other people. I think that's what it means to make disciples, that we become the voice of more, that we let people know God loves you. Right? You're not just an accident. Right? God loves you. God is for you. You, were, you know, for God so loved you that he gave his one and only son to die on the cross for you. You are loved. You are chosen. You have a purpose. You can be forgiven. You don't have to, in this world, Jesus said, you're going to have tribulation, but take heart, I've overcome the world. There's another world coming. Right? That, that we don't have to be afraid of death. That Jesus said he goes to prepare a place for us and he's going to come back and get us. So we become the voice of more for other people. I think that's a great way for us to think about what does it mean for us to make disciples? And so to go back to the movie, right? So Guy, this is the part that I just thought like, wow, this just illustrates this like so perfectly. So Guy realizes what life's all about, right? He understands that, that, you know, he's got the glasses. He sees what's really going on. So he's actually like the first, all the non-playing characters, they're all the first like artificial intelligence. The creator, the girl, the woman made them with artificial intelligence. And so they can grow, they can adapt, they can change. And so he becomes the voice of more to all the other NPCs in the world. So let's watch this next scene. Well, well, well. Look who decides to come to work today, huh? Look, where have you been? I've been worried sick about you. What is this shirt? Where's your collar? Where's the rest of the buttons in it? And it's not tucked in. You look sloppy. Matter of fact, you look horrible. Did you pick up some muscles too? Or is somebody outside pumping you up? Sorry that I haven't been around, bud. I've been, I've been figuring some stuff out. What do you mean, figure stuff out? It is nothing to figure out. Okay, you go to bed, you wake up, then you get some coffee, then you come to work, and then you repeat the same thing tomorrow. The girl. I talked to her. The, the one I with the sunglasses? The sunglasses, yes! I talked to one of the sunglass people, and now I'm one of the sunglass people. 
Me? Everybody down on the ground! What if I could tell you that you could be more, your life could be fuller, that you're free to make your own decisions, your own Yo. In the middle of something, quiet time. These puppies changed my life, and they're gonna change yours too. Come on now, you know we don't wear sunglasses. Oh, we do now. Are you kidding me? Put him on. No. Life doesn't have to be something that just happens to us. Right, just put the glasses on and you're gonna see. You're gonna see. Come on. I can't, okay? I'm sorry. You're my best friend, buddy. You don't have to be scared. If you change your mind, be around. Gather around. Thank you for coming. You know me, I'm Guy. Hi. Uh, what I'm about to say may, may be hard to understand. Really hard to understand. But are you sick of living in the background? Aren't you sick of being shot at? Yeah. Taken hostage. No more. Run over. We done with that. Robbed, stabbed, used as a human shield. We are tired of his Buddy. Sorry. What are you trying to say, guy? I'm trying to say that things in this city don't have to be this way. Things can be different. Different how? For starters, you can put your arms down. Yeah. There you go. You got it. Yeah, keep pushing. There you go. Right through it. There you go. Nope. Oh. That feels unnatural. I mean, what about when someone runs in with a gun? Having my arms up is just a real time saver. Except, what if the guy with the gun doesn't come? What? <laughs> really? It's always a guy with a gun. So many guys with guns. People, what if our world doesn't have to be so scary? What if we can change it? The point is, we don't have to be spectators to our own lives. We. We, we can be whatever we want. We can't all be you, guy. That's not true. What's inside of me is inside of you, too. Uh, it's inside of each and every one of you. You're growing. I need more in my life than drip coffee. I want to make a cappuccino. A difference in the world. Much, much better. And a green tea boba. That's right. You go, girl. If I could just make it out past that water, there's a world out there where we can be free where we get to decide who we want to be, where we can matter, but we have to fight for it. We have to fight together. Yeah. 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 I don't even know what's happening right now, but I love it. So yeah, so so Guy so clearly becomes the voice of more to all of the people around him. And so that's what you're called to be, to be the voice of more. And so often we're, you know, not only do we not become the voice of more, think about like, are there times you become the voice of less to other people, right? I, I, I heard about this, uh, this, I heard this pastor telling the story about a funeral that he did for this 92-year-old woman, this 92-year-old woman named Polly. Now, Polly, kind of a quiet woman, not flashy, just kind of, and, and, uh, and she had spent 
60 years of her life in the same church. She was part of the same church for 60 years. And so this guy, this pastor did the funeral and there were a lot of people at the funeral. Surprised by how many people came out for this, you know, this 92-year-old woman. And so then after he's done, he's in like a receiving line and person after person after person came up to this pastor and said, thank you for what you said about Polly. She was my Sunday school teacher. And so there were like old people who said that. And then there was like a young adult who came and said, thank you so much for what you said about Polly. She was my Sunday school teacher. She had such an impact. She had a life-changing impact on my life. Then there was like a middle-aged person who came and said, thank you for what you said about Polly. She changed my life. She had an impact on my life. So she was part of the same church for 60 years. For 52 of those years, she taught Sunday school. For 52 of those years, she didn't take a break. She didn't be like, I've been doing this for 18 months. I need to take a break. She just kept, for 50, she slacked off the last eight years of her life. When she was 84, she slacked off a little bit. But for 52 years, she was the voice of more to kid after kid after kid. And so multiple generations came and, and, and honored her at the funeral because she'd been the voice of more. Would that we were a church full of polys. I would love, let me listen, for, for us to find out, like, what is it? Where can I, you know, serve in this church and be a part of this church and become the voice of more? We've got step two of the growth track, which is happening right after this service. If you haven't come, come, because part of it is to help you figure out how to become the voice of more, the gifts and abilities that God has given you and where you, and where you can serve to be the voice of more. Let me let you in on a little secret to speak specifically about kids' church, something that our church is dealing with and actually churches all over the country are dealing with this. So, so there's a number of churches post-pandemic where, you know, people are coming back to church. And so like in our situation, we're getting close to having the same amount of kids in kids' church that we had pre-pandemic. But the problem is, or the challenge, is that we only have a third of the volunteers. It's because so many people, like when the pandemic came and, every, you know, all of our situations got disrupted. And so people who served in kids' church and were the voice of more for kids, so, you know, they, they stopped and, and had, they haven't found their way back into it. And so let me just say this, you know, because, because Mary Ann and her crew, like they, they do an incredible job with the kids. And, and listen, it's, a, it's such an opportunity for us to, the kids that God sends to this church from all sorts of different backgrounds every single Sunday, for you to be like Polly and say, I want to be the voice of more. I want, to, I want to have that kind of an impact. And so I just want to encourage you that if, you're, if you were serving in kids' church before the pandemic and you haven't found your way back, Marianne's going to be at a table in the lobby. Tell her, hey, Marianne, I'm back. I'm back. You can put me on the schedule. If you're new to the church and you haven't found a place and you have a heart, like I'd love to be a poly for kids. Go to Marianne and say, hey, Marianne, I, how do I get involved? How do I do it? Right? But that, but that if we're going to come into the abundant life, that we become the voice of more, we receive God's voice, we listen to His voice for our life, and then we speak His more to other people. The last point is this. The last point of this that I get from the Great Commission is that we stand on the promises of Jesus. We stand on the promises of Jesus. Matthew 28, 20. Jesus said one of the most amazing promises, right? This is, there's so many promises in the Bible. And, and what the Bible says is that every promise is yes and amen in Jesus. Here's one of the best ones. He says, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. At another point, another time, he says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. 
And so what this means is Jesus is saying, listen, if you come under my authority and you come into the abundant life that I have for you, and you receive my voice of more, and you become the voice of more for other people, there are going to be times. There's going to be times in your life. In this world, you're going to have trouble. But don't worry, I've overcome the world. There's going to be times when you're going to need to stand on my promises. Listen, when everything's going well, it's easy to hear the voice of more. But when things are going hard, it becomes harder to hear the voice of more and easier to hear the voice of less. Like when your kids are struggling, you know, like when your kids are coming at you or they're going through a struggle or whatever, it hits you in an existential level because they're your kids. And so it's, so it's hard to hear the voice of more. Or maybe you have like financial difficulties in your life and challenges and it's just like so grinding and tiring and now gas is like $5 a gallon and it's too much. It's hard to hear the voice of more. Or you've got habits in your life that you can't overcome. Or your friends act like an enemy. And it just, it becomes hard to hear the voice of more. One of the things that, that we've leaned into here at, as a church over the last couple of years with everything that was kind of going on in our culture and, and because we're such a multicultural church, you know, we have like 72 different nationalities represented in our church. And so we... we took some time to really lean in and have some conversations about the experiences of people in our culture who are not part of the, the white majority. And we, we really listened and kind of heard and had some really beautiful, wonderful conversations. And one of the things that I learned that I heard over and over again from my African-American brothers and sisters, Latino brothers and sisters, Asian brothers and sisters, is that there's this fear, there's, this, there's always this fear that you're going to be treated differently because of, because of your ethnicity. And a fear that's based on experiences. And you know what, just, just hearing the pain of whether it was like what happened with Dylan, Dylan uh, Roof, I think his name was, in, in Charlottesville years ago, uh, what's been happening in, in our cities with, with Asian, especially Asian women being targeted for violence. And then I don't know if you've been following the news, but, but yesterday in Buffalo, there was a, a white supremacist who drove 200 miles to, a, to a, an African-American neighborhood because he wanted to kill as many African-Americans as he could. And he went into a supermarket and gunned down 10 people. And so you hear that. I don't know if you've heard that on the news. It just happened yesterday. But you hear that and maybe, you know what, you just kind of are like, if you're in that place, you're like, how much more is this going to go on? How much more yeah, is this going to continue? Is this going to keep happening? There are things that happen in our life and in our world that makes it really hard for us to hear the voice of more. It says this in Isaiah 49, 23. It says, then you will know that I am the Lord. Those who hope in me will not be disappointed. Listen, if you hope in anything else, you're going to be disappointed. If you hope in the government, regardless of what side of the aisle you're hoping in, you're going to be disappointed. If you hope in your friends, if you hope in your family, you're going to be disappointed. There are people in your life who are going to let you down. If you hope in your circumstances, there are going to be times where your circumstances are hard, your circumstances are difficult. Psalm 119.49 says this, Remember your promise to me. It is my only hope. Remember your promise to me. It is your only hope. And as I said, there are so many promises in the Bible, but none is better than Jesus saying, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. No matter what you're going through right now, what you can be sure of is I am with you. 
is that I am with you and I'm going to see you through. I'm going to finish the work that I started in you. That is the promise that we hold on to. That is the hope that we hold on to. I heard this story. I heard this, this story about this dad. And the father, he was, he was at the mall. I don't remember where he was. He was with his, like, two little kids. And he, it was a giant parking lot. And he parked his car. And, and he couldn't remember where he parked his car. Little life tip, little life hack. If you're at the airport or you're at the mall, just take, take out your phone and take a picture of the G9 or whatever it is. It'll save you some time. He didn't do that. It's a little extra tip for you. And so he didn't do that. And so he's got his kids and he's walking around. Couldn't remember where the car was. And he's walking all over the place. And so then he eventually calls his wife because that was going to be late. And he's like, honey, I can't find the car. We're walking around. We're going to do another lap. We are really lost. And his little son said to him, silly daddy, we're not lost. You are right here with us. Now, that, that's, that's an awe. That's okay. But it's a, it's a, that should be like an amen to that. Because as long as we know that Jesus is with us, no matter what you're going through, no matter what's happening, you're not lost. You're not lost because he's with you. And he's going to make a way. And I love one of my favorite stories in the Old Testament is the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And you find it in the book of Daniel. And so there are these three Jewish kids. And they're in the, the court of the Babylonian king. And so everybody's got to bow down and worship the king. And they're like, we're not going to do that. We only worship the Lord. And the king's like, well, if you don't worship me, I'm going to throw you in the fiery furnace. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, said you know what? God can deliver us from your fiery furnace. But even if he doesn't, we're not going to worship you. And so they get thrown into the fiery furnace. And so then the king looks into the fiery furnace is like, wait a minute. I thought we threw three people into the fiery furnace. Why are there four people? And why does one of them look like a son of the gods? Because Jesus was in the fiery furnace with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Jesus was in there with them. And when they came out of the fiery furnace, it says their, their clothes didn't even smell like smoke. And I just want to say to some of you, you're trying to hold on to that abundant life and, you, and we come under the submission, the authority of Jesus. We listen to his voice of more. We become the voice of more for others. But there will be times in this world that you get thrown into the fiery furnace. And maybe some of you right now, you're in a fiery furnace. You're in a situation that's so hard, that's so difficult. You don't know the way out. You don't know where you're going to go. What I want to tell you this morning, and I believe this is a word that the Lord has for you, that he brought you here to, to listen to is that he is with you in the fire and he's going to make a way and he is faithful and you can put your hope and your trust in him and you can take that to the bank. So let's, let's stand together. Oh, come Holy Spirit. God, you know all the situations. You know all the stuff that's going on in our lives. You know the fires that we're in. God, you know the lies that we're believing. Some of you, listen, lies. Have you, there are strongholds of lies that are just dragging you down. You're believing lies about yourself. You're believing lies about God. And Jesus right now is he's, he's quieting those other voices, those lying voices. Because remember, Satan is the father of lies. He's quieting those lying voices. And he's saying, listen to my voice. 
And some of you right now, you're just, you're hearing through the Holy Spirit, Jesus saying, I love you. I love you. I have chosen you. I have appointed you. I have forgiven you. And I am with you. And so, Lord, we receive right now your voice of more. Let it come. Remember in the beginning, you know, we talked about the, the promise that Jesus made about the abundant life. And, and he, said, he said that they might have life. And who's the, who's the they? And the they is people who have given their life to Jesus. The they are Jesus' followers. It's not a blanket promise for everyone in the world. It's specific. The they are those who believe on his name, those who follow him. And so I want to give you an opportunity this morning to believe on the name of Jesus. And maybe there's some of you here and you say, you know what, I haven't, I don't know if I've done that. I don't know if I've accepted Jesus into my heart. You see, Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. If you open up the door, I'm going to come in. And so maybe you haven't opened up that door yet. And I think some of you, you're really feeling that. You're feeling like something's going on, like almost a pounding in your chest. Or your heart's racing. That's Jesus knocking at the door of your heart. And it's time for you to let him in. And so if you're ready to do that, I want you to say this prayer. Close your soul, close our eyes. And you don't even have to say it out loud because Jesus hears you just as between you and God. And say something like or something along the lines of Jesus, I need you. I need your more in my life. I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross and you rose from the dead for me. And I ask you to forgive all of my sins. And I accept your free gift of salvation. And from here on out, I want to submit to your voice. Submit to your authority. Teach me to walk in your love, in your more, and help me become the voice of more for others. Because from here on out, I'm going to follow you. Just keep your eyes closed, but if you prayed that prayer here this morning, just raise your hand so I could see. Just raise your hand if you prayed that prayer. Okay, praise the Lord. Awesome. Lots of hands went up. Praise God. He came that you might have life and have it to the full. And so I'm going to ask you to do something. We're going to collect the connection cards in a moment. But on the back of your connection card, check off that you decided to become a follower of Jesus. Or what you can do is text follow to this number. I got some information we'll send you in the mail that can kind of help you with your next steps. Because what the Bible says is that when somebody becomes a they, when somebody follows Jesus, that the angels are rejoicing. So the angels in heaven are rejoicing right now. Uh, we're, gonna, we're going to receive our, our offering. We're going to pass the baskets. The way we're doing it now with the chairs still kind of spread out is we have baskets that are underneath that row right over there. Uh, Veronica just waves so people can see where they are. Okay, there. And so if you're sitting there just underneath you, you can grab it and then you can just pass it down, all right? And we've got, and though you guys just kind of pass it down, put your connection card, put your offering, put it in and it'll kind of make its way all the way. We got, we got somebody ready over there to receive it. We're going to have people from the prayer ministry team come up right now. Uh, so come on up, those of you from the prayer ministry team. I just think there's a lot of ministry that the Lord wants to do. Because there's a lot of more that he wants to pour out in our life this morning. 
And so, uh, so some of the things, so specifically I would say this though, before I get into some of the specifics that the prayer team received, if you know that you're believing lies in your life, I think some of you, you need to come up and so that we can pray that the power of those lies will be broken so that you'll be able to hear the voice of Jesus, be able to hear the voice of more. Uh, if you're here this morning and you just, you're just so discouraged because of what happened in Buffalo and what continues to be happening in our broken world, we just, we just want to say that we stand with you, we love you, and, 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 and we want to pray for God's grace and God's hope to come in because He's our only hope. We want to pray for you. If you're, if you're in that place of saying, I want, I want more, I want to be the voice of more for other people, we want to pray for you that God will anoint you to do that. Don't forget to, to see Marianne out in the lobby about Kids Church. Some other specific things. The prayer team had a sense that, that somebody has pain in the back of their neck. It might be stress-related. We want to pray for you for healing, uh, that God wants to heal you. Someone else with pain in their right ear. Uh, they had a sense. They saw a picture of someone with darkness that was kind of over some people. And just there's anxiety. There's depression. There's just a lot of emotional less in your life. We want to pray for God's more. Uh, they had a sense that there's a nine-year-old child, that maybe your nine-year-old child has an issue uh, with one of their legs like the lower part of their legs. Uh, and then there's someone who's just been grieving the loss of a loved one, whether it was recent or ver- whether if maybe for some reason it's just kind of been stirred back up, just had a sense that God wants to minister His grace and His mercy to you. So whatever you need prayer for, come on up. The prayer team would love to pray for you. Uh, God bless you guys. We will see all of you next week, our 25th anniversary celebration. We can't wait to celebrate together Friday night. Uh, see you at the cult- multicultural dinner. God bless you guys and have a great week.